Well, good morning, everybody. If we haven't met, my name is Justin. I'm the lead pastor here at Fieldstone. And uh, what you're walking into this morning is the third week of a short summer series that we've called Wired. Hold on a second. I do that from time to time. Make Corey's job a little bit easier by simply turning my microphone or putting it on my ear. There we go. Uh, so the third week of a series called Wired, where we're basically, uh, you saw a phrase towards the end of that video said that you were created for a purpose. And that is absolutely true. And there's kind of a twofold purpose to this series that we've been doing. Where Number one, I wanted to give you a bit of an awareness that we've all been wired uniquely by God. And in addition to that, when we step into a relationship with him, in many ways, we are then rewired. He begins to transform us from the inside out right upon our belief in Christ by giving us his Holy Spirit. And so an awareness of that fact. And then number two, that God wants to use each and every one of us. We are one body unified in Christ, and yet there are many parts, all of them valuable, all of them vital. In the first week, we established the fact that here in the body of Christ, here among believers, here among, in the world of Christ followers, there's something more going on. There's more than just the checking of boxes, more than just filling a Google Doc for some ministry director, more than just filling a seat. There's something special going on. There's something eternal going on, and we're all called to be a part of it, but not all in the same exact way. And so today we're diving back into this topic of spiritual gifts. And I know that's a, a, a long time topic for some of you, maybe a brand new topic for others. But we're going to look at it today in a pretty tangible, uh, very individual way. We're going to have some fun with it. We're actually going to take a spiritual gifts assessment as we get towards the end of this thing. And that sounds familiar to some of you, maybe sounds unfamiliar to some of you. Um, and, but my goal today is, is to send you home with maybe a little bit of attention about what to do next, maybe a little bit of kind of putting the onus on you to do a little bit more reading, a little bit more research to dive into this and see what it looks like for you to be engaged as a part of the body of Christ. So uh, to, to do that today, we need to jump back into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A couple weeks ago, we, we looked at kind of the middle chunk of this chapter and, and gave basically an overview of this idea of spiritual gifts as, as we introduced uh, to the, the first century believers. Um, we're going to go to the very beginning of the chapter, reading the first couple of verses here to start, and we'll be off and running. I, I want to warn you, as I read these three verses, there are going to be some things in these verses where you're going to go, what's that talking about? What's that mean? And I'm not going to tell you today. We've got other things to talk about, so I just want to let you know there, there's lots of different rabbit trails we could take from these three verses alone. We're going to stick to just the spiritual gifts aspect of it today. So he says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, before experiencing Christ, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols, man-made things, man-made false gods, truths that don't align with Scripture and what God has to say. They were led astray by those things. And he says, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So as I said, there's a few things we could pull out of that, but, but when it comes to the gifts, basically Paul is saying, Whatever you were before, whoever you worshipped before, whatever worldview you adopted before, you are now under new management. You're being led by a new influence, a new authority. There's a new spirit inside of you. We hit uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 a couple weeks ago where it says, if anyone is in Christ, if they've crossed that line of faith, they are a new creation. We see in Ezekiel chapter 36, God talking to his people and making a promise and saying, hey, when this all goes down, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. And not just a new spirit, I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to put it in you. And what he's doing there is foreshadowing what would be accomplished by Christ on the cross 
through his death, burial, and resurrection, the ushering, of, ushering in of a new covenant. And ultimately, we see it take place in Acts chapter 1 at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit shows up and all of a sudden something bigger is happening, something eternal is happening because each of those believers is now under the leadership and influence of God's Holy Spirit being placed inside of them. So if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You have new authority and influence in your life. Let's continue into verse 4. Paul says, okay, when it comes to these spiritual gifts, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And and to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it's an important reminder to kick off there where he says, this is, we're talking about the same God, the same Spirit, the same gospel that's being preached. And that's true in a couple different ways. That's true within a local body like ours, the church at the Fieldstone Church in Milan, Michigan, where some of us are a little goofy, right? Hang out for a little bit. You're going to find some quirks. So some of us maybe view the world a little bit differently. Maybe we interact with Jesus differently. Maybe, maybe different people connect with God differently. Maybe respond to other people differently. But we're all on the same team. We're all part of the same body advancing in the same direction. So that's true, but it's also true of other gatherings of believers. Maybe there, there are churches or denominations or people around the community, around the country, around the world. Maybe some of them are more or less expressive than us. Maybe some of them worship with a different music style. Maybe approach communion differently. Maybe view baptism differently. Maybe have a different form of church governance and all those different things. But if their doctrines are correct, if they're preaching the same gospel, if they're holding to the clear truths of Scripture, then their expression, however different, whatever different languages or cultures or different ideas of things, they're still part of our team serving the same God led by the same Spirit, a part of the same body of Christ. And the key verse we see there in verse 7, uh, Tony, uh, Pastor Tony Evans, who I like to quote from time to time, when he was looking at this topic, he said this. He said, a spiritual gift is a God-given and God-empowered ability to serve him in ways that benefit others. We are to be unified in submission to our king's agenda for the good of all. We must not use our spiritual gifts for selfish ends or promoting division among God's people. So basically, to summarize that, spiritual gifts are from Jesus for the glory of Jesus. Spiritual gifts are from Jesus for the glory of Jesus, for the edification, encouragement, and the building up of his body. Let's continue into verse 8. Paul starts to kind of uh, describe some of these gifts that are given through the Holy Spirit. He says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And and that one brings up some really fun conversations, right? Are we talking about a heavenly tongues language? Are we talking about the ability to speak in various human languages? That's a fun conversation. If you get that one figured out, please tell the rest of us. And still uh, another The interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So first of all, not everyone has every gift. Do you remember from the first week, we talked about how Paul compares 
the body of Christ to a physical human body, right? Not everyone can be an ear. Not everyone can be an eye. Every part is needed. All parts need each other, but each part can't be all of the other parts. And then in verse 11, again, he reminds us that these things are all distributed and determined by God, by his Holy Spirit. That means that you can't get all puffed up over the fact that maybe God uses you in a more influential or public or visible or, or attractive way, but you also shouldn't bemoan the fact that God may be using you in a more quiet, behind-the-scenes, maybe unnoticed way. It is his choosing, it is his gift, and it's for his glory that you live out the wiring that he has given you and maybe the rewiring that you've experienced as a part of stepping into the body of Christ. And then Paul starts to mention some of these roles, some of these different gifts. And this is not an exhaustive list that we find here. Uh, if you want to go and look up some of these passages where some of them are listed, uh, the verses are going to go up. Be ready to take a picture or write these down so you can come back to these later on this week. But we find a bit of a list here where we read also at the end of chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. You can also find some of them listed in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. You can also find them in Ephesians 4, specifically in verse 11. But there are other gifts that, although they're not listed specifically in a list, we see them on display in different various parts of, of Scripture throughout the Old and New Testament. We see craftsmen in the book of Exodus, where it makes it clear that this, the Spirit empowered these individuals to be craftsmen for the purpose of developing the ark or, or the temple or all these different projects that were happening in the nation of Israel. We see places where God grants discernment or wisdom to different individuals throughout Scripture. We see places where individuals have a level of encouragement or hospitality, whether it comes to hosting local churches or, or breathing life into Paul as he's visiting from his missionary travels. In all of these different situations, it's clear that there's more going on than just simply, oh, she's nice. She's a nice person. There's more than well, that was an encouraging thing to say. That was, that was nice of you to say. Thank you for that, that, that compliment. There's more than just, oh, they have the biggest house, so they host the home church in Corinth, right? That, so there's, there's, there's more than just things that, you can, that, that people just have acquired or that they're decent at or a kind word. There's something spiritual, something supernatural going on when, when people are given these gifts and abilities from the Holy Spirit. So we're, we're going to do in just a couple minutes is we're going to take a spiritual gifts assessment. But I, I want to give you a couple things before we get into that, because there's going to be questions that you have going into it. There's going to be questions that you have coming out of it. Um, but so as we've talked about a little bit what spiritual gifts are, there's a few things that we need to understand that spiritual gifts are not. So first thing, spiritual gifts are not natural abilities, natural strengths, or personality traits. See, we all have wiring. We all have uh, abilities that we've learned. Maybe they're a part of our personality, maybe part of our physical abilities. Maybe they stem from our family of origin, like my family was loud, so I'm loud. My family fought this way. That's why I fight this way. My family did this. And, and so some of that plays in. Some of it comes from the, maybe the church you grew up in, maybe the way your first business job did business. Right? All these different things play into who we are and how we react to the world around us. Um, and Bill, one of our buddies, Bill Holbrook, spoke last week and talked about your weight in the world. And he talked about personality and some of these natural wiring things. And God wants you to step into your way. But spiritual gifts go beyond that. Now, God sometimes does take those natural abilities and redeems them for his purposes. Or, or some of them tie in with spiritual gifts, but it's not always the case. There are times where your spiritual gift may be something that you didn't even know was a part of your life until you accepted Christ. 
There are some spiritual gifts that aren't even pot, like you couldn't even fake it without, without the Holy Spirit being in your life, like the gift of prayer, the gift of faith, the gift of discernment, other of these things where they're not even possible without the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's not always just things that you had before and God doubles down on them. Sometimes it's something brand new that he imparts into your life by the influence and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So spiritual gifts are not natural abilities, personality traits, strengths, things like that. Spiritual gifts are not character traits that every believer should live out. So, for example, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things where if you're living a healthy, growing relationship with Christ, those things will be fruit that is a part of your life because of the influence of Jesus in your life. Now, there is some crossover. There is some character traits that we should all have as believers that God also mentions as spiritual gifts. But if there is that crossover, it doesn't mean that you are exempt from obedience if that's not your spiritual gift. All right, for example, prayer can be a spiritual gift. Some of us know people who it's just their thing, right? We have people in this church where they could sit in a room by themselves for hours just praying and meditating and, and, and lifting up different things to God, right? We know people like that. But just because that's their gift doesn't mean you're exempt from prayer because it's not your gift, right? Someone may have the spiritual gift of faith, that doesn't mean that you're exempt from having faith because it's not your spiritual gift, right? So, it's, so it's, it's, it's bigger than just these character traits. You're not exempt from the things that God has called you to be as a believer simply because it's not a spiritual gift of yours. Third thing, spiritual gifts are not titles or positions. A person can have a teaching gift and not be on staff at a church as a teaching pastor. On the flip side, there are lead pastors who do a lot of teaching but teaching isn't one of their primary gifts, or maybe not a gift at all. Now, it's certainly helpful for those of us listening if the person talking has the spiritual gift of teaching, right? Some of you have sat in those environments and you're like, ooh, I bet he's a really nice man, right? So, so you, you've, you've had those moments, and it's helpful if they have the gift, but it's not required, right? There are other aspects of ministry that play into it. Um, and it's helpful for someone in vocational ministry to have a gifting associated with their role, but having a certain gift doesn't mean that you have to have a title or a job that perfectly matches up with that gift. So what we're going to do right now, now that we've said some of those things, is we're going to give you an opportunity to actually take a spiritual gifts assessment right here in church. Imagine that you're going to be active in church. We did it to you last week, and the introverts were like, you made me talk to people. I'm going to have to sleep this off for three days, right? I, I'm with you, I hear you, but it's okay to be stretched every once in a while. Today, you don't have to talk to anyone, and you get to use your phone, right? All right, let's see if you can do this without checking Facebook. So pull out your smartphone, and I've got a, a, a few options for you. We do have a printed sheet option. I'm going to give you an option to try that. So let's do that first. Um, I, I really encourage you to use the phone version. It's faster, it's easier, you don't have to do any math. But is there anyone that would prefer to have a paper version? All right, keep your hand up. They're coming around. We got a few. I think we have enough printed. We got a few up here, a couple towards the back. So as that's going around, with the paper version, you're going to see the, all the questions in front of you. And then on the next sheet, you're going to see lines associated with each statement. And you're going to rate yourself one through five on each of those statements. You're going to fill it out, and then you're going to add horizontally, and that's going to be associated with those gifts. Um, if you're going to use the paper, I'm going to ask you to just kind of figure it out, okay? Um, 
So when it comes to the phone, you see the QR code. Uh, if you're watching from home, if that's not working, you can go to giftstest.com. Um, and when you pull that up, it's going to give you the opportunity to throw in your info, do each one. So before you jump in too deep, before you jump in too deep, um, assessments like this, they're not perfect or exhaustive. Okay, remember, this is about awareness. It's exposing us to the possibilities of how God has wired us. Um, Brad, you need a paper one? Yep, he's going for it. Cool. Sorry to call you out, brother. Um, so at the same time, even though it's not perfect, even though it's not exhaustive, this can be extremely helpful in simply exploring how God has wired you to function within the body of Christ. Okay? A couple other things I need you to know before you jump in. Some of you are overachievers and you're already halfway through. Okay? As you're answering, this is not how you want to be. This is how you are. Not how you want to be. This is how you are. This is not how you think you should be. This is how you are. So a couple of examples. Real quick in those lists of, of statements, you're going to come across, I pray for the lost daily. Now that would be an amazing thing to do. I don't do that. right? It feels like I should, but I don't. And so I'm not putting a five for that. Or, or you're going to come across, my heart hurts when I see others hurting. That sounds like something that we should all put a five for. But that's not true for all of us. We all don't have the same level of empathy. We don't all have that same heart that sees people. Some of you can see someone walk in the door and go, I need to go love on that person, right? You just, you just have that sixth sense, but not everybody has that. So don't answer based on what you want to be or what you think you should be. Answer based on who you are. Don't rush it, but don't think too hard about it. Just be honest with yourself and kind of give your initial reaction to the statement as you read it. One is, couldn't be farther from the truth. Five is, oh yeah, that's me every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Okay, so take some time to do that. We're going to give you some good elevator music to work by, and then we'll, we'll check in and kind of see how everybody's doing here in a couple minutes. I want to ask for your info. I did this a few times. Haven't gotten any spam emails, so don't, don't be afraid to throw your email in there. I haven't gotten any strange offers.
How's everybody doing? What number are we on? Somebody say seven? Thinking too hard. Thinking too hard. 40s? Okay. Last week was an introvert's nightmare. Today is an introvert's dream. Just sit quiet and pretend nobody's here. How are we looking? Who's still working? Okay, we got a few. Told our kids' ministry we wouldn't hang them out to dry today, so we'll move on here in a few minutes. Fortunately, there's people back there with the spiritual gift of keeping kids quiet. As you look at the results, um, we did have some questions from the first service I forgot to explain. As it comes up with some of your results, the size of the circle is kind of like the, the higher ones. So it'll kind of give you like four or five that are your top five. The, the bigger circle means that was a higher, higher score. And if you're using the phone, you can click back to the original page and click view all the gifts if you want to see a description. Those of you with the paper packets have all of them kind of listed there, but you can click back through if you need descriptions of all the different, different gifts. How are we looking? We got more people. Who, who's still working? All right, we're getting there. 
All right, we're going to move forward. Keep working if you're still working. I'm just curious, for, was there anybody, you've done something like this before? Raise your hand if you've done something like this before. Okay, decent smattering. How many first time taking any kind of assessment? Awesome, that's good. Um, for those of you who maybe you had some expectation of how this would play out, how many of you, your results kind of affirmed what you thought would, you would end up with, with, with some of your lists? Okay. Anybody like really surprised by some of the results you got? Okay. And everyone else has no thoughts on anything whatsoever. Fantastic. It's no wonder Brian can't get you guys to raise your hands when you're singing. You can't get you, maybe it's, uh, I've been blaming him. Maybe it's just you guys that are the problem. I don't know. Uh, anybody would say, man, I, I'm, I'm curious, I'm confused, but I'm, I'm ready to kind of dig a little deeper into this. I, I'm going to do some reading. I'm going to do some research. Good. Yeah, for sure. Did anyone, just curiosity, did anyone have anything kind of in the world of teaching pastor, shepherd, leadership on their list? Okay, a few. Some future pastors in the room. Excellent. All right, I'm coming for you. We had three in the first service, and two of them were retired pastors, so there wasn't a whole lot I could do with that group. But you guys, I can have some fun with. That's good. So uh, continue working if you're still working, of course, but uh, uh, just an additional thought on this, because um, people always kind of wonder. It's one of those questions you get when people visit a church. Um, what about the sign gifts? Right? We'd put in that category maybe speaking in tongues, maybe interpretation, maybe miracles, healings, maybe even throwing prophecy in there, depending on how um, you define prophecy. Um, they're called sign gifts because historically they're the ones that kind of provide clear evidence that the Holy Spirit is present and moving in that moment, in that place, in that person's life. Very instrumental in the first century where this gospel thing, this Jesus thing was all brand new and it was in competition with all kinds of false gods and false religions and everybody kind of had their idea of how things should be. Even uh, the words of Jesus and his gospel were being manipulated even within a short time. And so some of these gifts provided clear evidence that a teacher or an apostle was legit and bringing the true gospel, right? And so that's where kind of became the sign gifts. There is still a ton of debate within like-minded Jesus-loving churches on, on what role all of these things play because they did play a major role in establishing the power and validity of Jesus here on earth, of his disciples here on earth, uh, for the early church leaders. But, you know, there's a lot of goofy things in the book of Acts, and so some people are like, man, that was for that time and for that period. But I would say this. If something is in Scripture, be very careful about saying, that's not for me. Um, because then you start opening up all kinds of different things. And I'd say, if you, if you believe or if the test indicates that you have some gifting or some role with any of these sign gifts, let's chat, right? I'd love to talk about what God's doing in your life and what role uh, these gifts may have in your life or in your ministry uh, as a part of the body of Christ because they played a significant, significant role in the book of Acts. And you walk in like, we're, we're not the most exciting church, right? Nobody's running laps. Uh, nothing super goofy happens here on a Sunday morning. But that doesn't mean God doesn't do amazing things. And so um, just wanted to kind of throw that out there because people typically wonder. But along those lines, there's something that Paul emphasizes that we need to emphasize when it comes to those gifts or any of the other gifts that oftentimes we may put up on a pedestal. And, and he makes a pretty interesting transition into chapter 13 as he wraps up his conversation about gifts. He says this, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, because he's... He mentions right before that some of the miracles, some of the tongues, things like that. And he says, I will show you the most excellent way. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, there's that 
tongues, languages, things. But I don't have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, there's another one, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, maybe some miracles being referenced there, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, there's generosity, right? There's one that we put on a pedestal when someone gives a big sum of money or gives a, a chunk of land to, to a church or a nonprofit, right? That's, a, that's one that we celebrate. If I have that gift and I give my body over to hardship, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. These gifts, he says, the greatest of all these is love. Why does he emphasize this? Why does he wrap up this conversation that way? It's because Paul knew. What did he know? He knew, he knew, he knew that we would emphasize all the wrong things. He knew that we would emphasize the charismatic preacher. And that's why at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, he says, when I preach, I claim to know nothing except Jesus and his crucifixion. He knew that we would emphasize the amazing musician, right? That upfront thing, that, that celebrated thing. And so he doesn't even mention musicians. Sorry, not sorry, Brian, wherever you are. He knew that we would emphasize some of these sign gifts. The sign gifts are the sexy, mysterious, James Dean, Patrick Swayze, Zach Efron of all the spiritual gifts, right? He knew that we would celebrate those. And so he talks about miracles and, and these lovely, eloquent prayers and all the different languages, perhaps even speaking the language of heaven. And he says, sorry, love is the greatest of all of these. Not only is it the greatest, but all of them hinge their value, their importance, their impact. All of them hinge on love. And so he takes very special care to say, whatever these things are, some of them are exciting, some of them are private, some of them are loud, some of them are quiet and hidden, but all of them hinge on love. We're not going to put any of them up on a pedestal. We're going to put love on a pedestal, and we're going to allow God to use us with these gifts in the way that he wants to. So then the question becomes, how do I, how do I receive spiritual gifts? How, how do I experience it? How do I use my spiritual gifts? Well, answer number one, two, three, four, on into infinity is you got to accept Jesus as your Lord. Because we see in Romans 8 that only believers have the Holy Spirit. And so it begins by acknowledging that Jesus is God come in the flesh, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave to defeat death. And by placing your faith and trust in him, by giving him your heart, he puts his Holy Spirit in you, and that's when he begins that transformation from the inside out, including rewiring you and giving you some spiritual gifts to be used as a part of the body of Christ. From there, we can, we can ask God to make our gifts clear to us, grant us the gifts that we need for the season of life that we're in or the current season of ministry that he's put us in. Uh, we can start uh, absorbing information about your potential gifts, right? Do some reading. Listen to some podcasts. Have some conversations around this and start to explore what does this look like in my life. Look for needs, right? Look, look for ways that other people are serving with similar gifts. And, and, and in the midst of this, recognize that some of the opportunities to, to serve in your gift are going to happen within a church, within a local church, maybe within Fieldstone if you attend Fieldstone, but some opportunities are going to come outside of that context. It's not all going to happen within these four walls. Some of it's going to happen in the community or in, in, the, in the context of other nonprofits or ministries or things out in the world. It doesn't all have to happen right here. And I'd say, as you start to explore this, jump in somewhere. Say yes to something. And as you do that, keep an eye on the results. Because when it comes to this, there is an element of this should work when it comes to these gifts, right? If you have the gift of healing, 
Sick people will get well. If you have the gift of discernment, you won't keep getting fooled and manipulated over and over by people with bad intentions. If you have the gift of craftsmanship, you won't call grandpa to help your kids with their science project. Guilty, right? So there is an element of this spiritual gifts thing where if it is a true part of your life and God has made rewired you in that way, when you live in that gift, it will work. And so keep an eye on that uh, as a part of it. And, and when it comes to this, there's, it's one of those topics in, in Scripture and in life where there's many times more questions than answers, but it really is an amazing, beautiful thing, this, this body of Christ, his church. And I think Fieldstone is, is as good an example as anywhere. I, if you get into the inner circle here, you're going to discover some goofy personalities. You're going to discover that we have some strengths and we have some weaknesses as individuals. We have shortcomings. We have, we're, all, we're coming from different backgrounds, right? There's, in many ways, no reason why all of this should work, and yet it does, and God gets the credit because he's the one forming and shaping and granting different unique gifts to different individuals and allowing us an opportunity to step into that. And, and as I said, there's always going to be unanswered questions. If we have a conversation about this at some point, there's probably going to be a few, I don't know, right, that, that comes along with this. But that's part of the deal when it comes to the supernatural. It's very much a God thing. But we'll stay aware and we'll pursue understanding in these areas and we'll trust God to lead through it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. Uh, thanks for your word. And, and uh, just knowing that you want to use us is a really big deal. That you, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, bigger than big, bigger than we can fathom, wants to use us in a very personal, intimate way. God, we celebrate that and we thank you for that. I pray that you would give us an awareness of how you've wired us with your Holy Spirit. Give us opportunities to step into that and we'll trust you to just build your church, build your kingdom, build the body of Christ and use us however you see fit. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you next week.